Welcome to The Nooner Show, where we explore the stories of talented individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, but most of all, they're inspiring. Here are your hosts, Jackie Wallace and Gina Guccini. Yeah, Juju, my niece told me to level up. <laughs> I've been telling you that for a oh, wait, no, wait. brat. <laughs> I know, she's probably hanging out with you too much. Does she do, does she do the song when she says that to you? <laughs> What's that? What the song? Level Up song. Oh, by Jonas Brothers? That song? Oh, I don't know. That's our guest. That's Jumping our guest. Jumping in. Yes, Stephen Galloway is in the studio today. And he brought his fan club, by the way. I know. we Again, a, another oh, week of an in-studio yeah. audience. Yeah. Like, this is going to our head. Well, this is great, though, because we're bringing in celebrities who are bringing their entourage. That's it. Yeah, oh, that's it. Entourage. You and I need an entourage. We don't have one. Yeah, all we got is one assistant between the two of us. Mar- poor Maria Manjapani. Yeah, I still haven't met her. <laughs> she won't take orders from me. Why is she that? She doesn't. She doesn't. Only from you. Not even always from me, but mm. nonetheless, mm. Maria is the one who, she's my go-to girl. Yeah. Hey, how was your weekend? It was good. How was your Super Bowl Sunday? Fine. I didn't watch it. What do you think? I watched the game. I didn't watch the game. Usually I watch some commercials and eat some food, but we didn't even do that. Really? No. You, you missed all the retro 80s commercials. Oh, yeah. see, I, I, I knew Steve watched the game because that's a family tradition for you, it, isn't it? It is, yeah. What have you guys, what's the tradition? So, uh, you know, it, it's always been me with the boys particularly and, you know, and, and Ina as well. Um, you know, there's certain food that we'll make, um, you know, for Super Bowl, and occasionally we'll may have we may have other family members or friends over, but it's always just that core group of me and, and my boys, um, and they're big into football. Yeah, I'm We're, big into food. What'd you have? Yeah, <laughs> uh, we had chicken wings, we had pizza, we had um, the uh, the nacho dip that I make. You know, so I make kind of a custom nacho dip. Ooh, Ooh we're going to talk recipes later. Yeah, I, I make one too. But so those are the most popular foods for the Super Bowl. So no, we're, we're very cliche in that. And why room. wasn't okay. I invited? I'm sorry. Well, my invitation was lost. you don't watch lost. the game. Okay, I but, don't watch the game, but okay. I can eat anytime. I get it. I don't, I don't watch the game my either. My favorite I, meal is my next one. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, but come on, did you watch the halftime show or the national no. anthem? No. Really? No, nothing. You know what? We No, we were watching other stuff. And your had. husband doesn't, Mike doesn't watch the game? You know game? what? Sometimes he does. Sometimes he does. But And he would, we, he'd say, okay, let's check back in. And we'd check back in. But he wasn't, I mean... He he didn't watch, you know, much of it. I oh, mean, some, gosh. He'd check in on it, but no, it wasn't on. And we've gone to parties over the years, so mm-hmm. then, you know, but we were home just, you See, know. See, we had we'd both, check in. all the TVs on. No. And um, I had to watch the National Anthem, which, Steve, what do you think of that? Chris National Stapleton? Was great. Yeah, I'm a huge Chris Stapleton fan. So am I. Was wasn't that amazing? And I had no idea what to expect. I thought that was one of the better ones that I've ever seen. I would agree. You know, I, I would put it up there very close to the Whitney Houston rendition. Oh, well, I don't know about <clears throat> that. Whitney Houston is like... I mean, you can't beat her. You no, know, so you she, can't she's even the gold really... standard. Yeah. So I would yeah. probably put him, you know, right there. But he was up there. Um, I mean, know, he would probably be number two for me. Well, and how many coaches or people were crying? Did you see that? I got emotional. It was so good. Okay, what about the halftime show? Did you watch that? Yeah, and I was a little confused. You know, was it, you know, was it... Oompa Loompa, Willy Wonka, was it, you know, Star Trek or uh, Star Wars? Like, I wasn't really sure what they were going with the uh, with the outfit and the motif. I wasn't yeah. really sure. Hmm. You know, the dancers more confused me. The, the songs were good. You know, she was good. Well, she's amazing. But 
it wasn't really what I was expecting for her either. Oh, I agree. I love her music I, and I love her, but... Um, well, and I have a feeling you found out after the fact that she's pregnant again. Yeah. I have a feeling right. that that probably wasn't their original, or original plan and she probably had to dumb that down yeah. with her being pregnant. And with her being pregnant, still very, very risky what she was doing. Right, right, right. Yeah. Sounds like I really missed a show. Well, I, I don't know. I always find it those two things because they put so much into it. Um, I think they spent $10 million on the oh production. Oh, my goodness. For, really? For yeah, the halftime show? Yeah. Holy crap. The and NFL, they, don't, they don't get paid, do no, they? No, the NFL will pay for the production, the setup and all that, but the, the uh, artist doesn't get anything. So I don't know if the production, if they somehow funnel anything to the artist or not, I don't know. But Ten million? It's exposure, though. That's that's what they say Holy it is. Because I, I do yeah. know because it had been a while since she had performed or had released Yeah, it's like seven music, years. So I did yeah. know that. Yeah. I'm not completely in the dark about yeah. this. Yeah, but she's got a, her own clothing line and everything else. I mean, she's doing quite well. I think the not performing and not releasing, that was all her own her own choice. Got it. You know, not that she she's not irrelevant. I mean, she's still very relevant. Oh, her, I don't know if they're married or if it's just her partner, but yeah, the ASAP Rocky. I mean, he's not hurting either. Right, so. right, right. Yep. Okay. Well, Gina. So then, what did you watch? You know, we've been binge watching a few things. Really? Oh, so, yeah. So we just were binge watching a couple different series, and that's it. Nothing. Um, oh, you know, you nothing. Don't, you don't want to tell us. No, I don't want to hear your thoughts on this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. One of those you shows. You know what? No, we've been binge watching Suits, which is an older series. So we finished should. that. I've never which even was heard of it. And then we started, there was a spinoff from that called Pearson. Not heard of that either. Also very good. And we were binge watching this weekend um, Jeremy Clarkston's Farm Show. And so, I've not heard of that, that either. Suits is very good. Suits is one of my favorite Suits shows. Suits was good. And then Pearson, did you watch that? I didn't. It was I'm, a spinoff. Yeah, that was, I know was Jessica just went to Chicago. She and went to Chicago. Was, lost her law license, yeah. And then Jeremy Clarkston. So uh, we watched, we used to watch on the from the BBC um, a car show my husband liked. And one of the presenters uh, has a farm show. So this was the second season, so that debuted. So so anyway, we had, we are binge-watching kind of people. Mm. Yeah, Suits, okay. Suits was the launching point for Meghan Markle. And it was when she, oh. got, it was when she started okay. dating mm-hmm. her now husband that she had to recuse herself from the show, and that's what actually killed the show. Really? Because but the show had been on okay. nine. It's nine seasons, so it... Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, it, it, it wasn't like... This. You know, she left in like season seven or well, something. So is this... Nine she, she, left, she left, but she was still in... Um, some of the scene, like they shed bit roles that they filmed in advance, I think, oh. to to kind of fetter, fetter that out, like the wedding between the two. Um, but they needed to, they couldn't end, keep the show going with just Mike, her husband. Um, and he was one of, probably the central figure in that whole show. And they couldn't continue the show without her. Mm. You know, so they had to kind of move him to Seattle, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. So they had to, did you see the whole show? Am I mm-hmm. killing it nope. I watched it all. <laughs> You know, and, and so they had to. But everybody who's so, listening, here we go. So he had to come back and do. We're bit, telling the bit end. rolls towards the end. He did the last. It was season, hard to season. keep the show going because Mike really was the central figure. But still, it was nine okay. seasons. So yeah. you know, how much longer could it go? So is this? I wanted it to keep going because it, it was, was my favorite. It show. It was a good is show. Is this like Netflix and stuff like that? Yeah. No, it's, it's not USA, Amazon, USA right? Network. Oh, yeah. Now it's on. Yeah, but now it's on. Okay. Well, before we spoil anything else for our listeners, tell the end. Thank you, guys. No, let's. 
get on with our show. We have a really fascinating guest here today with a really interesting topic. So uh, joining us today is Stephen Galloway, a PA of Integrative Family Medicine. He's a man of many walks. His current mission is to bring family back into family medicine. His primary motivation was to treat his patients as if they were exactly that family. His mission extends into helping people find integrated health and wellness for a fuller, more enriching life. Stephen does this by looking beyond the symptoms. Instead, he studies the digestive system to find the root causes that create the stresses on the body and the mind. So if you're interested in healing your body and your mind, you won't want to miss this conversation with Stephen Galloway. Thanks for being here today. Welcome to the Nooner Show. Well, thanks for the Yay, intro. Welcome. And he brought his entourage. Anyway, so welcome. Thank you. Thanks so for having me. Let's start off with, tell us what you do and about your practice. Yeah, so, you know, we're a, a conventional family practice. You know, we're not a specialty practice, but in the sense that uh, my partner is board certified in functional integrative medicine. And so I've learned a lot of the components of that through him, uh, but also through some of my own research, just because through the years, you know, working in an urgent care, um, I would see consistent complaints and and particularly gut health was, was a, a a recurring theme that I would see, you know, not just, you know, in practice, but even, you know, among friends and family members and just in casual conversation. And, um, and gut health was such a, a big problem for so many people. And there wasn't uh, adequate resources for people to get answers, you know, and so when you consistently see problems and no solutions, somebody needs to help be the solution. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when my partner uh, asked that I want to get into this venture with him, you know, I jumped in and, um, and that's kind of where this started from, you know, and that's where the integrative uh, family medicine comes from, you know. So on a daily basis, we, you know, we we treat everybody with, you know, from from all walks of life for all conditions, you know, diabetes and hypertension, and and you know, we also do some urgent care stuff where you can walk in. But um, we do see a significant amount of patients that do complain of um, gut health, and then um, along with um, working up our patients, we discover other things that are that are attributed with gut health. And these are things that are fairly well known and fairly well researched, um, unfortunately not really talked about. You know, Let me ask you something. Medicine. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. <clears throat> what, when you say gut health, what, what exactly, what are the complaints? You know, so, and, and oftentimes it's not even really a complaint. It's in the course of our conversation. That's always some of our springboard questions that we will get into with patients because it's surprising how many people have poor what we would call gut health and don't even complain about it because it's become the norm for them. You know, and it could be things as, you know, as simple as constipation on a daily basis or diarrhea or maybe um, intermittent episodes back and forth. Maybe you get bloating after you eat. You know, maybe you have frequent episodes of cramping. Um, You know, you could be nauseous. You could have heartburn, you know, and, and so all of those things they, they come from a source, you know, and, and what I've found through my years in, in medicine is that people will always say, well, here, we think you might have IBS. So here, I'm going to offer you this medicine to take. Mm-hmm. And all of those things you just mentioned are very common issues very common. that anybody you talk to says, oh, you know, I ate red sauce, right? Too much right. ice cream, all right? The the sauce was too, this was too sweet, or this was very common that, that, a majority of people have experienced at some point in time that nobody thinks anything of. They don't. And, and Take I, right. this medication, this over-the-counter product. And I would probably say, you know, 85% of our patients at some point 
have some kind of GI complaint. Everybody in this room has experienced you know, it. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, where does that come from? And it, and it comes a lot from, you know, and this kind of gets into a little bit what we'll talk about is, you know, what we eat and what's acclimated mm-hmm. into our diet and what are you, what's made available to you to eat. Um, you know, and it's not always that you're necessarily eating, you know, processed foods or fast food. It could even be food that you might think is healthy that might not be healthy for you. You know, and that can be a large part of what, you know, mm-hmm. kind of springboards into these problems. Um, you know, and, and, you know, what we'll frequently find is somebody will eat something and they'll develop some mild symptoms that they just ignore because it mm-hmm. disappears in an hour and they think nothing of it. And then right. it happens again the next time they eat and they just keep kicking this can down the road. And now nobody ever really addresses what the problem is. And in traditional medic- medicine, when you traditionally see a, uh, your physician, he or she will say, oh, you know what, just take this right. before you eat or after you eat or when you get the symptoms. And they just, and then you'll feel better and you go, oh, okay. And and you do. It it seems, our, it seems to work. Our, our mantra is one disease, one drug. That's what most conventional medicine is. You come in, oh, I have this, take this. Well, I have this complaint, take this. Well, I have this, take this. But nobody assimilates and puts that together as why do I have these four complaints and could they be all related? Mm-hmm. You know, and oftentimes they are, but nobody is addressing the the assimilated uh, group of these symptoms and what could be provoking these and how can I fix that rather than how can I mask that? Mm-hmm. Mm. Hmm. What made you go that route? Uh Honestly, it was, you know, what I was saying earlier, um, I was doing urgent care medicine full time a few years ago, and I would frequently get patients that would come into the clinic. Um, and it's hard, when, you know, when you're seeing 50, 60 patients a day to try to, to give um, concentrated effort to these patients, mm. but it's just in my nature to do so. And, and I would frequently get same complaints, same problems, and patients would come back through the urgent care with questions for me. You know, hey, how can you help me with this? Because my doctor doesn't. Or my doctor, you know, kind of ignores my symptoms and they don't really listen to me or they might offer me this, but it's not fixing my problem. And when you hear it enough, then you realize, right, this is a a much bigger problem. And why is nobody addressing it? You know, and, and, you know, was it an easy decision for me? I mean, it was easy because somebody needed to do the work. Mm -hmm. It made my life a lot harder. You know, I spend a lot more time now practicing medicine than what I did two years ago because I have to put a lot more time and effort, but... Because there's why, probably a lot more research, too, that you, you know, And you're the reason doing. I got into medicine was to help people. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't a, hey, I want to just take a job so I can make this much money. It's I got into this occupation because I chose to help people willingly. Right. And, you know, can I do a better job of helping people by doing what I'm doing now versus what I was doing before? You know, and that was what, you know, kind of launched me into making that decision. So is that, like, is it combining um, holistic... Practices in a, in a sense, you know, you know, holistic is, you know, we don't use you know, a lot of people will inter, intermingle those two concepts together. They're similar, but not necessarily exactly the same. Um, you know, where functional integrative medicine, it, it incorporates and marries modern practical medicine with an integrative approach. You know, and, and it's not just a you have the this symptom, this disease, take this medication. It's what can we offer you to um, to fix what caused those symptoms in the first place? Holistic medicine is similar in a sense, but they don't necessarily get into the the, the modern medicine component with it. And that's what integrative so, medicine does. So with integrative medicine, you're saying you look at the the um, symptom, but you don't just treat that symptom because you could just treat that symptom. It, it would be temporary probably, but you go through and explore every other part of what's going on in somebody's body. 
Right. You know, so if somebody comes in and, and you know, their blood sugar is elevated, you mm -hmm. know, and, and modern medicine is going to say, well, I need to treat you, you know, you're right. you have diabetes. I'm going to put you on this medication and control it. Um, and if you were to, you know, just standard, you know, go to, or just go to a straight holistic approach, they may not give you the the treatment component to treat your diabetes. They say, well, here, take these supplements and, and, you know, maybe this can help with your diabetes, but you really need to do both. You know, I need to control your diabetes, but can I offer you lifestyle changes, things that you can incorporate into your daily routine that might help fix the diabetes in the first place? So what kind of lifestyle changes? You know, so, you know, what we deal with, you know, um, and, and if we want to kind of turn this into what we talk about. So um, on a on a regular day, some patient may come in and, and their complaints might be, you know, cramping or bloating or constipation or diarrhea. And, and what might be provoking those those symptoms? And oftentimes, when you ask the right question, you'll get the right answer. But, you know, uh, in modern medicine, a lot of times they don't really ask the right questions. It's, right. You know, what is provoking your symptoms? Have you done a food journal? Have you tracked? Are, are certain foods affecting you? Are people uh, are people open to this? Because Very much so. Are they? Because, you know, yeah. typically you say write things down or do a journal or and people don't want to they just want right. the 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 quick easy fix like what, what i have right. found in, in really in the la in the you know almost two years that we've been doing this is patients have become smarter and mm -hmm. i don't know if that i i think that might have a little bit to do with social media you know because mm -hmm. their things are now in your face more than they ever were before and you can go on instagram and facebook and things will pop up on your feed and people are actually more in tune with what their health could be than they ever were before you know and patients sometimes will even come in with, with, you know, a little, you know, dossier of information of their health and things that they think could be going on. So um, most patients are very receptive to that. And a lot of them seek us out because on our website, we do talk about that. And so a lot of patients say, you know, we want to switch here because, you know, I've been going to this doctor for years and I'm not getting answers right. and I'm hoping you guys can provide better answers. Mm -hmm. When, when insurance comes into, mm -hmm. will insurance cover some of the same testing that you're doing? Insurance will cover, um, at least will bill most of the stuff that we do. They now, do. sometimes we do get into some testing that insurance doesn't cover, you know, so right. if we do a, uh, you know, if you're looking at like a mycotox panel or you're looking at heavy metals and, and those are kind of other unique um, things that we may deal with that patients come in the office, you know, chronic fatigue, you know, right. hair loss, you know, other, you know, joint aches, maladies. Um, there are some testing that if if we've researched the other stuff and we don't really see anything there, all right, now we got to go down that rabbit hole and could there be something else causing that? So, you know, a mycotox panel, you know, probably isn't going to be covered by your insurance. But if you, if you, you know, build out a patient, it's probably about, I think, $399 or something around that, that realm. Food sensitivity testing, which I do a, a fair amount of, um, insurance doesn't cover that as of yet. And I hope that that will change in the near wow, future. Wow, really? It doesn't? At least the te the testing that we get into, you know, and, and so you know, I you know, I don't want to do a shameless plug, but I use Alatas, and there are other companies out there, but it's a blood draw, and you ship it into the company, and they can test for uh, a varied number of um, choices that you want to pay for. So whether it's ninety six or one hundred eighty four or two hundred and three, mm -hmm. you know, there's different you know, options, and and the standard one I'll usually do is one hundred eighty four different food groups, um, and it costs about one hundred eighty dollars, and most people um, are willing to do that because. What I have found is most patients, they've been dealing with this for so long, mm -hmm. they're like, I've spent more than that trying to do everything else to fix my gut and nothing has worked. So, and they just want to feel better. Yeah, $180 so is nothing, nothing compared yeah. to what right. I've done so far. So. Right. Unless, of course, you don't like the results. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was me. So. 
You know, I had yeah, exactly. I had some suspicions for some food sensitivities, and right. and I wasn't surprised. I was very disappointed. Disappointed, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Certainly, because it, it, you know, I, I had a feeling. You know, certain things triggered me. Now I have proof. Right. Mm-hmm. What the your the and, aid and, oh. and with that being said, just to kind of tie that in, my complaints really weren't from my perspective really gut complaints. My complaints were something else. Mine were actually chronic sinus issues. You know, and so I would get chronic sinus congestion. I would have these little sneezing, you know, rampages as I sure. call them. Um, and I would just get them randomly throughout the year, throughout the day, at different times of the day or night. And I was always suspicious that it was food. And now I proved it to myself that my suspicions were accurate. I was very disappointed because I don't want to avoid some of these foods. Right, but. exactly, yeah. What age do you typically see? Are you are you working more with adults? Yeah, we're primarily adults. You know, we don't, we're, we're not a pediatric practice um, you know, so we see, you know, I don't want to say 18 and above because I have patients that are 16, 17 that have been dealing with it and pediatricians really don't get into that. Right. Um, you know, and plus they're about to age out of a pediat- pediatric practice at that point anyways. But I have had a few younger patients, even like seven, eight years old, where the parents knew me from my previous job, you know, in the urgent care. And they said, you know, they came to my practice. This would have been the year we opened in, in uh, 2021. Um, and they came to the practice and said, you know, we trust you. We, you know, we sure. know that, you know, you care about, you know, my daughter and these are my symptoms. The pediatrician doesn't listen to me. Can you help mm-hmm. me? You know, and so I didn't take her on as a patient, but what I did do is order testing for her to show her, this is the direction you want to go. So we're hearing a lot about, um, the relationship between gut health and mental health. Very much so. So what, what is that shift? In so thinking. the terminology that I use is, is I say angry gut, angry brain, you know, and, and what that means is, is that, you know, what, what drives mental health and what drives all cumulative health really occurs with how do we process the things that we incorporate into our body, you know, and so we're talking about what food we bring in and how does our body process that, process that food to absorb and bring in the, the micronutrients or the vitamins that, you know, that we need to incorporate biologic processes, you know, so for example, you want to convert um, tryptophan to serotonin. um, And through that process, through that pathway, serotonin now, a neurotransmitter in in the synapse is what controls depression, you know, and so modern medicine gives you a medication to treat your depression, you know, by giving you something like a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. So it, 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 chemically adjust what you know what your brain perceives as the level of serotonin but 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 is that because we're not eating the right foods so we're not getting it naturally is that what that means yeah and and it's really complex is it's not just what you eat but it's also what's inside of you you know and when i say what's inside of you that gets into you know when you talk about the human genome and we are really less human than we are human and what I mean by that is, is that, you know, you know, the human body is made up of about 20, just under 21,000 um, genomic uh, pairs. And so there are, you know, earthworms, you know, roundworms that have 26,000, you know, um, genetic uh, base pairs. So they're more complex than a human. But what makes us an intricate species is that we utilize um, bacteria to do the dirty work for us. You know, and so our body, you know, through millennia has incorporated bacteria to do things for us. You know, so at some point we phagocytized a bacteria and we turned it into a mitochondria. And mitochondria are the powerhouse that drives the human cell and what creates your ATP and is ideally what drives you. So the bacteria that are in your gut, and there's, you know, t- you know somewhere 4 trillion or more bacteria in your gut at any given time. 
if you don't have the proper milieu of bacteria in your gut, you know, and we're not talking. You but know, we're we're always trying to avoid bacteria, right? These are good good bacteria, though. These are things you want in your gut, right? And so when you talk about probiotics, you know, probiotics are you're eating bacteria. Mm. You know, so you're taking live cultures of bacteria that we know are good for the gut, um, but oftentimes what can happen, and, and this could be based upon. Um, things that, you know, the way you were born, perhaps, you know, or antibiotics that you've taken, um, you know, and, and so, um, and, and I'll get into some of that too with, you know, with some of the talking points that I wanted to bring up as far as, you know, what antibiotics can do to us, but it can happen as early as when you're born. If you were born um, C-section instead of being born vaginally, the first blush of bacteria that enters the infant system um, you want that to be lactobacillus. That's the best bacteria to process what that baby is about to eat, which is breast milk. And so if the baby is not born through the vagina and comes out, you know, through the gut, the bacteria that first populates that, that infant's colon is usually staphylococcus, you know, what's on the fingers of the people that touch the baby instead of the lactobacillus that's in the uh, vaginal cavity. So does traditional hmm. medicine acknowledge this? They do, you know, and so there are actually studies where... Um, so just to take that specific example, children that are born um, cesarean, they will actually take a, a sterile gauze. They'll swab the mother's vagina and they'll wipe the baby's face. Oh, really? They will. So they, 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 there are uh, facilities that do this to test, mm -hmm. can we populate that infant with the right bacteria? Mm. Wow. You know, and, and then in, in the course of, you know, that infant's development, you know, if at some point, you know, especially, you know, the, the, the most important years are the first two years, you know, so up to age mm -hmm. two. And when you get into those first two years, if that child comes into the pediatrician and, and or, you know, urgent care or, or emergency room and, and that child is given an antibiotic for something, and, and I don't want to dissuade antibiotics. You mm -hmm. know, just antibiotics have definitely um, made a tremendous impact, you know, from, you know, when they were developed in the late 40s, they've saved countless lives. So I don't yeah. want to dissuade antibiotics, but when you introduce antibiotics into an infant where they have a very um, sensitive microbiome, and that's what we call the, the bacterial load that's in the gut. And if you wipe out specific bacterial colonies, now your body may not be able to process certain micronutrients um, and vitamins such as, you know, folic acid or vitamin B12. And those come from specific bacteria in your gut. So B12, you know, how does our body um, incorporate this as it comes through Klebsiella bacteria? Um, and folic acid actually comes from E. coli. You know, when people want to give a, a negative connotation to E. coli, mm -hmm. but without E. coli in your gut, you don't process folic acid. You know, and so when patients have a folic acid deficiency, a lot of times it's maybe because they don't have good, um, healthy cohorts of these essential bacteria in their gut. And that could start as early as, like I said, you know, in the, in the first two years. And what we do know, and, and again, you know, trying to prove something is much more difficult. You know, so is it a causation or a correlation? So we can draw correlations, much harder to draw a causation. So when you want to talk about autism and, and what could be the, the precursor to leading into autism, you know, and, and ASD, autism, uh, autistic spectral disorder, what we do know is that 93% uh, of all children that are diagnosed with autism were introduced to antibiotics before the age of two, 93%. That's the strongest correlation. Really? That's the strongest correlation you'll ever find. And they want to draw correlations with vaccines, which has been disproven. It has nothing to do with vaccines, but there's a very strong correlation with if you wipe out the microbiome with antibiotics, that that has an ultimate effect on the brain. And it could come from inflammation. It could come from deficiencies. And like I said, things like folic acid and 
uh, and B12, which we know are necessary neurovascular um, nutrients to help feed the brain. Does that also um, affect like, um, you know, kids that are ADD or anxiety, depression, all those things? You know, and when you get into ADD, you know, some of the talking points, um, that was one of the talking points that I brought in is things that we know when you want to, um, if you're concerned with ADD, things that might trigger um, mental disorders. goes back to what we said earlier about angry gut, angry brain. So if you don't have a good microbiome um, and in that process, you can't um, incorporate the food and process the food correctly, oftentimes you'll develop inflammation in the gut. And what we do know in medicine and even across all spectrums of medicine is we know that all chronic disease comes from inflammation. Heart disease comes from inflammation. So everything starts in the gut. Everything starts in the gut because that's where the inflammation comes from. Hmm. So how do we get, you know, various inflammatory disorders, whether you're talking, you know, a skin condition like eczema or psoriasis, Mm -hmm. or you're talking about asthma, anything that you treat with a steroid, whether you apply it on the skin or you take it as a pill or, or inhale it or what have you, anything that you treat as inflammation is technically what we would throw in the spectrum of as an autoimmune disorder. Your body is attacking itself. So moving forward for our listeners who who identify with this, what would be the what would be something that you would recommend that they do to make a change in their health? They they identify that this oh, yes, I I'm experiencing this that or the other thing. So the things what that would you, be the first recommendation you'd give to a listener. So the things that you need to know is what is the precursor that's causing your symptoms, you know, and and um one of the common things, and, and a lot of people do research because when they come in and, and I'll, and I'll you know, ask leading questions, you know, have you researched leaky gut? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've definitely read about that. I, I've heard about that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and leaky gut is that process that um, over time, whatever you have done to your system, um, whether knowingly or unknowingly, um, leads to inflammation in the gut. Um, and, and specifically, the westernized diet is what has really been the precursor behind this. We've eliminated food groups from our gut. And it's not just important to take a probiotic, which has been kind of the passe thing to do, you know, for probably 10, 15 years is, oh, go eat, you know, activity mm-hmm. or go eat, you know, take a probiotic. But if you're not putting the proper nutrient in the gut for that bacteria to thrive, it's like taking the example I'll say to my patients is it's like taking a lion and throwing it out in the middle of the desert. I don't care how tough he is. If you don't give him something to eat, he's going to die. It right. doesn't matter how good he is. So it doesn't matter how much money you spend on fancy probiotics. If mm-hmm. you're not eating the right food to feed them, it doesn't make a difference. And so the, the essential thing that's usually missing uh, is short-chain fatty acids. And short-chain fatty acids come from uh, plant-based foods, so plant-based fiber for the most part. Um, you know, and, and those are what we would consider prebiotics, meaning food that feeds the, the bacteria, the probiotic. And those come from simple things, you know, fruits, um, vegetables, um, some of the things that I incorporate and I have lists that I, that I typed up for my patients, um, you know, oatmeal, um, potatoes and uh, rice are three big ones. But what you want to do is cook them and let them cool. And in that process of cooling, it changes the starch value. So fiber mostly comes from carbohydrate. And so that, fi- that by cooling those supplements or those, uh, those food sources, that allows the starch um, to become more resistant and what we call a resistant starch. And by being resistant, it makes it through the stomach and it gets into the gut. And now it has to be broken down and processed by the gut, by the bacteria that's in the gut. So it provides the food source that's necessary to feed and, and populate that the bacterial load that's in the gut. So that um, those short-chain fatty acids, they provide a, a mucus layer protection 
in the gut. Now, with that being said, you really need specific um, bacteria there to process that for you. Um, you know, in the specific ones, you know, and, and, I'll, and I'll read these, these are kind of tough, but uh, uh, Fecobacterium uh, prejnitzi, Eubacterium rectali, and then Acromantia mucophilia. You know, and so when we do um, what we call GIFX, you know, stool testing, we can actually monitor, you know, different parameters of what's going on in the gut. Is there inflammation? Is there dysbiosis? Is there maldigestion? Is there malabsorption? And then in some cases, even infection, although that's very rarely what we see. It's usually more the other. Let me ask you something. Do you yeah. do the stool testing for any anybody yeah. that comes in like with any symptom? Is that is that where you start? Yeah. So if a patient came in and they said, you know, here's my issue, you know, uh, you know, for the last two years, I, you know, I, ha I have periodic bloating. Um, I have random episodes of diarrhea and constipation. And, and they may not necessarily lead it that way. They may say, I've had diarrhea for two years, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I've tried this, this, and this, and my doctor gives me this medication and, and it doesn't fix my symptoms. If you haven't fixed what's causing the symptom, you know, and, and so, you know, if you go back, you know, hundreds of years ago and you dealt with cholera and, and cholera um, was a bacteria that got into the gut and it caused the, the, the membrane in the gut to become permeable. And you had this profuse watery diarrhea, you were losing everything. So what can happen in this particular case is you develop this leaky gut and it's related to a, a protein called zonulin. And so zonulin, what happens is, um, is it makes the channels. Um, so if you don't have, and again, back to what we were just talking about, if you don't have the right bacteria in the food source to feed them, now you develop these kind of chinks in the armor. You develop this leaky gut where now these inflammatory modules, molecules can now get up through the, uh, the lumen of the gut, which is just one single cell layer thick. So it doesn't have a lot of work to do, but instead of these molecules being invited in, which is the normal process, you know, there's there's mod, uh, uh, transport modulators in the in the wall of the gut that allow things through to be absorbed and digested. Now these things are able to creep through these um, what would normally be a tight junction. They're now able to creep through, and what's immediately on the other side waiting for them is the bloodstream. You know, that's waiting to pick up what the body invited in mm -hmm. so that it can take it where it needs to go for whatever vital function it needs. So now the body is uh, being exposed to things that it's not anticipating. It didn't have an invite in. And so it looks at these things and says, all right, these weren't invited and I need to do something with these. And it creates inflammation, mm -hmm. that precursor that we talked about. And so now that inflammation, if that molecule resembles something in you, now you've developed autoimmune conditions. So things mm. like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis mm -hmm. and Hashimoto's autoimmune yeah. hypothyroid because it recognized a, a protein that came through. And as it, as it was trying to wipe that out, it says, oh, hey, that guy looks just like that. Let me do something with him too. And now it starts attacking your thyroid. Mm -hmm. you know, and so that again goes back to this leaky gut, which again goes back to not having that protective mucus layer, which comes from specific bacteria that you may not have in your gut. Mm -hmm. um, and that can also attribute to other conditions. So is, is this the way of the future, do you think? Like, Because we're starting to hear a lot about it, like with David Sinclair, his book, and Tony Robbins and all those guys are all going that way. I mean, Tony's a, a brilliant guy, and, and what he does is he gets talking points from other people who've already done the work. Right. And he, because Tony has a much wider audience, mm -hmm. you know, people like Tony, I mean, is he a gut health expert? No. Is no. he an autoimmune expert? No. But more people will read his book than might read, you know, someone else's book mm -hmm. because of the name. And so it's good that he puts it in the consciousness of now people are like, right. oh, shit, maybe that's my problem. Right. Well, what about people that um, they, they don't think they have any gut problems, but they have um, anxiety 
issues or emotional, it, do they need to start with the gut? 100%. Really? Yep. That's I, when I talk to my patients. And what I found is that the majority of patients who do have some mental health issue, whether you're yeah. talking about anxiety, depression, autism. Or what about uh, lack of sleep? They can't sleep. Insomnia is a very common complaint. And, and the first uh, chain of questions I'll get into them is, is their gut health and what is your gut health? you know, and what's there. So I'll give you a, a good example. So I had a patient that came into the urgent care, uh, would have been November 2021, not long after we had opened, um, in her early 30s. And her complaint was, um, she teaches dance to these young children, and she would be standing up in front of these children, and she l started losing her eyesight. And so she would literally go blind. She wasn't dizzy, lightheaded, no, no palpitations, no chest pain. She never, you know, passed out. Um, but she would just have these episodes. Her vision would would leave um, and then come back. And so she panicked and came into the clinic. And and you know, we we had a little discussion. And I said, first thing I want to know is, you know, get your eyes checked. Make sure there isn't something to do with, you know, um, you know, the retina or the vitreous, you know, component of the eye. So she went to the eye doctor the next morning. It was normal. So she came back in and. And I said, all right, let's look at what else can be doing this for you. And so when I looked at her blood work, um, what I found is that when I when I checked her autoimmune uh, profile, it was positive. You know, and so her ANA was positive, and then it gives us a tighter component. Um, and she was, I think, one to three twenty. And then when it goes through the cascade that we, that we order, um, she tested positive for what appeared to be something called Crest syndrome. You know, and Crest syndrome, um, it is just a a kind of a um, random. Uh, autoimmune disorder that gives you a, a multitude of symptoms, you know, calcinosis and Renaud syndrome and esophageal dysmotility, sclerodactyly telangiectasia. That's where it gets the acronym CREST syndrome. And she tested positive for the marker for that. So I, I you know, I immediately sent her to U of M uh, to rheumatology and they basically said, well, we're not convinced that this is what she has because we don't see all of these conditions. And I think she met two of them. She had Renaud's and she had telangiectasia. She didn't have any of the others. So she came back and they had said, you know, we'll have her follow with pulmonary, have her follow with cardio. So, you know, I did some basic work up there. It was normal. And I said, all right, this is where I want to go with this. So I know you have autoimmune and we know where autoimmune comes from. And it comes from inflammation and it comes from something in your gut. Mm -hmm. So she had zero gut complaints by mm -hmm. her admission. And so I did a GIFX test on here, uh, you know, shameful plug for Genova. Um, <laughs> But I did a GIFX test on her, and what did I find on her is I found that her microbiome, um, the bacteria in her gut, was deficient. She had a significant deficiency in all of the bacteria that you want in your gut, things like E. coli. Um, and so she had a defi deficiency in her microbiome. And so knowing what we get into and, and that that deficiency is going to lead to inflammation, which ultimately is what this mm -hmm. autoimmune issue is. So I aggressively went after her with, um, with high-dose fish oil. And I went after her with very specific probiotics. Um, so no antibiotics. And so by bringing her back, yeah. And mm -hmm. so by putting her on this aggressive protocol, and I, and I put her on zinc supplements and, and B6, because those are cofactors necessary for some of these processes. And, and I like to use a methylated version because um, methyl groups are sometimes what we miss in our diet. If we don't have enough food sources to give us the methyl groups, those are interchangeable groups um, that allow processes to function, whether it's whether it's converting glutamine to GABA or converting uh, tryptophan to serotonin, and that's what leads to anxiety and depression. Uh, and so, and in her case, her symptoms improved significantly. Mm -hmm. So she's improved by about ninety-five percent. So her wow. so her episodes are very rare now. So you can treat yourself. I mean, with guidance, obviously going well, to get a consultation. She had no idea what her problem was, mm -hmm. and and from the day we first met her until now. At no point was her complaint a gut complaint. Mm 
She ate what she thought was healthy. Right. Um, she she was very physically fit. You know, like I said, she teaches dance to kids and mm-hmm. um, and she eats well. She exercises and didn't really complain of gut health, but that's where her problem was. So so parents with kids that have anxiety and depression and stuff like that, they should really do this first before they go off to therapy or before they get on that's um, medication. The things that I should do this first. And and if you if you you know if your child ever goes to you know the, the autism clinic you know with U of M, um, they actually put you on specific probiotics for kids that are autistic because we know what bacteria are most likely missing. Um, and they can put, you treat autism through probiotics and nutrition and everything else? The the sad part is is damage done is damage done because mm-hmm. it happens early mm-hmm. and really the best thing to do is that know what could potentially be the triggers. And so any parent that comes into my office that comes in through the urgent care component, um, whether they come in for this or not, I always talk to them about their children um, and um, make sure that they take probiotics and make sure that they take fish oil. Okay. And I don't care how the age of the child, they make versions Just start for, it. for children. And, okay. and, and I had a patient that... Um, she came in, the mother came in and just in discussion, she's like, oh, you know, by the way, I have an autistic kid. And I said, by, by any chance, you know, do you have him on probiotics? Do you have him on fish oil? She said, interesting you say that, um, you know, they follow U of M for that. You know, they did put him on probiotics. He was taking those. They started taking fish oil and he started to talk. Oh, wow. But the problem was, is that he um, had a sensitivity to the fish. And so, um, he would get very congested and flummy and he couldn't tolerate the fish. So they had to stop giving him the fish oil. So um, again, she, the, 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 the child wasn't even technically the patient, but I said, well, there's other things you can do. You know, you could do, you know, chia and flax um, and krill oil. Mm. You know, it's not as good, mm-hmm. but it's at least better than not doing it at all. How do well, people find you? Yeah. If they're interested in their hearing, they've, they've, Something that you have said had re- has resonated with them today. I mean, we have and a they, website. You know, okay. again, like I said, you know, we're not a specialty practice. We're a family practice. Right. You know, and, and so we treat our patients. Right. Um, but, you know, we do have a website, you know, the Integrated Family Medicine and Urgent Care. Um, Are you accepting new patients for someone who is interested in, mm-hmm. in becoming a new patient? We do. Not just a specific issue. Yeah. Okay. And we do, we will have the link up on our page too, so that um, you can... Call and get a consultation. Uh, technically, yeah, you know, we, we usually want people to switch to you know to our practice. That's what we're looking for. You know, like okay. said, we're not we're not a specialty practice as of right now. But, yeah, but we do okay. have patients. You know, if your insurance is such that you know you're a, a PPO insurance where you don't necessarily have to have a referral, we do have patients that will come in and and have an office visit, and and we even have some patients that you know if their insurance doesn't qualify, we've had patients that come in and they pay. They'll pay a cash, you know. Out of pocket. Yeah, what, do we, what would mm-hmm. we charge for an office visit? And they would pay that, that fee to have that office visit to sit and have this discussion and what can, we, what can we do for them? You know, do we get in, you know, we frequently will get into the gut health and do we order testing? We do. Um, you know, do we get into food sensitivity testing? Because sometimes that is the precursor. You know, so if, you know, some of your complaint is nausea, bloating, um, that could be food intolerances. Mm-hmm. So maybe the food that you're eating is what's causing your complaint but ultimately, that's going to cause another problem for you if you don't address that right. problem. So hopefully, people who are listening today, yes. if they if something has come and is making is connecting to them, they can at least maybe contact their own physician and say, "Hey, how about could we consider? Or could we talk to?" So having that open conversation with their current 
physician right is maybe a, a way for our listeners to start and we no, will post your link on her page so if and, somebody and, and, other you know, additional resources. very good very easy read books out there um daniel perlmuter uh, he's a, a harvard uh, neurologist has written two great new york times bestsellers um brain maker and grain brain that gets into explaining when you eat these food sources. So the first book was was Grain Brain, and it dealt just specifically with gluten. Um, and it was it had such wide accolades that he released um, um, the second book, which gets into all foods, you know, not just gluten. We'll get those dairy. we'll get those titles from you, and we'll leave that with a link so that anybody who's interested. And they can we do we that. have to have you back on the show because this, this is so interesting and it, we could go on for hours here. It's we fascinating. Could. But thank you for being here You're and sharing all that me. was amazing. We'll encourage any listeners that have some questions, they can reach out to us and we can see for an additional show, maybe there'll be questions that you can answer. Okay. Oh, that would be great. Just a show. So we'll leave, we'll leave that too. We've tossed the cookies on the table and the prongs that are facing you are... The fortune that is for you. So go ahead and take that fortune and read it. Beauty is in your heart and not on your face. Hell. With God health. Yeah, and that's true, right? The beginning of wisdom is to desire it with God health. There you go. Always do your best and you will win if you take care of your gut health. All right. Thank you so much for yes, spending thank time you, Stephen with Galloway. You're very thank for you. Me. And remember, sometimes the only mode of transportation available is a leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith. Have a great week.